You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their Got Ronald, yeah. Sup, y'all? Welcome on into the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. And as you can tell by the truncated version of the Central, we got a breaking news edition of the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. And this is a very, very big breaking news edition of the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. Let's go across town to that home daycare center. Get to Ryan Callahan, who will tell us while we're having a big, big episode, uh, a big, big breaking news episode of this podcast. Well, yeah, as it, we said, there would be more of these coming uh, this month, you know, uh, the, the transfer portal and, and all kinds of stuff happening. But Tennessee making what's likely to be one of uh, its final additions to its 2023 recruiting class, landing four star linebacker Arion Carter out of Smyrna High School just outside Nashville. Uh, he just moved into the top 247 in 24 seven sports latest update. Um, to the 2023 class, a, a really fast riser here over the past few months uh, in the rankings for the 2023 class. Former Memphis commitment who uh, just kind of blew up during his senior season, didn't play linebacker during his junior season, was really uh, a running back uh, first and foremost, and was being recruited to play that position, mostly by a group of five schools, uh, things like that. Had, had some had some Ivy League schools interested in that offered things like that. So uh, was not really taking off going into this summer. Camped at Memphis and Wake Forest as a linebacker. And Memphis really liked what they saw as a linebacker and took his commitment this summer thinking he would play on defense. Then he plays defense this season and shows everyone what Memphis had gotten to see and just blows up as, as film gets out uh, of, of him playing on defense this season. And before you know it, it's a, it's essentially an all-SEC battle, and Ohio State and Michigan were involved, and it comes down to Tennessee and Alabama in the end. And this is one that Alabama, honestly, if you followed this recruitment closely, you know Alabama was a team to beat, and that was no joke for, for a couple months. Uh, I, I think Alabama was firmly in the driver's seat for, for most of the time uh, from, the, from the moment he got that offer, and that was the second uh, big-time offer he got in September right after Auburn. So that really jump-started his recruitment, and, and Alabama kind of set the pace from then on. But Tennessee just kind of chipped away at it, got him on an official visit uh, just a, a week and a half ago, and, and ends up beating out Alabama in the end for, for a guy that they definitely uh, trailed Alabama for for, for several weeks. So um, give Tennessee a lot of credit for finding a way to come back and win this battle and, and get a guy that's obviously one of the top players in the state in this 2023 class now to, to really kind of – put the cherry on top potentially for this, this class for Tennessee. They're not completely done maybe, but th- this certainly will be one of the final big pieces, if not the last big piece to to add to what Tennessee has already gotten over the last several months. Yeah. Maybe it would have been smarter for Memphis to say, Hey, um, we really like you at linebacker. Why don't you go back to playing running back your senior year of high school? And then, and then we'll see if we can uh, sneak you in. But yeah, it, it, it seemed like one of those deals where I'll be honest with you, Ryan, as someone who's just kind of watching it from the outside much more than you are, obviously being there on the inside, 
it kind of did feel like Alabama for for a long period of time there. It just kind of felt like, and, and not that Tennessee can't win battles against Alabama in recruiting, even when Tennessee's at its lowest. It can it snuck up there and won a couple. Now that Tennessee's getting getting back a little bit, it's going to go head to head with the tide more often and maybe get a few more results here and there. But still. You would expect, as long as Saban's there, that, let's be honest, you're going to expect Saban's going to win more of those battles than he loses. Um, but when, when did you think, did, did you really think the entire time that, that Tennessee was still in it, but it was definitely an Alabama lane? Or, or had you almost kind of written it off and said, there, there's just no way this is happening. It's just going to be Bama. And then he had to learn, oh, wait, wait, maybe he is serious about Tennessee. What, what, walk us through that process. Yeah, no, it, t- Tennessee was definitely never out of it. In fact, you know, right after he got the uh, the Alabama offer, he had been to Alabama the, the previous weekend uh, and, and got the offer uh, while, while he was there and then went got the Tennessee offer, I believe, the next day and then visited Tennessee right after that for the Florida game. So so he, he didn't waste any time visiting the Vols. That was the first time he'd been on campus. Uh, there was really no relationship there. Uh, when they when they do, just kind of got things started in September, so Tennessee had to had to work on that, build the relationship, and, and they were essentially battling all the other teams that had just jumped in at that time. So they didn't have much of a leg up uh, on the other programs, but they were in, they were in line for an official visit, uh, and, and there was, you know, there there was one point where it looked like things were really trending away from Tennessee. They they were supposed to get his first official visit in late October for the Kentucky game. That was earlier than Tennessee wanted that visit to be. But that was partly because at that time, Carter was wanting to announce his decision around the start of December and not take any December visits. He wanted to be done around Thanksgiving and, and announce it sometime around the end of November or, or early December. Uh, and, and Tennessee didn't really budge, and, and it just kind of left them at an impasse, and that resulted in the visit being canceled and, and not really sure at that point where things were going with Tennessee. But just a few days later, um, you know, they, they picked right back up with the conversation after really maybe a day or two. Um, and then, you know, within a week or two, it was pretty clear that he was going to take a visit to Tennessee at some point, uh, most likely in early December. And he decided to go ahead and wait until December uh, to announce his decision. Later, planned to announce at the All-American Bowl on January 7 in San Antonio after getting an invite to that game. But he recently decided to go ahead and make his decision before early signing day and announce it so that he can go to bowl practices. Uh, we've talked about this with some of the other guys in Tennessee's class, but uh, he will be on campus this week uh, to participate in bowl practices along with more than half of Tennessee's class. Uh, they're going to have a lot of guys on campus to participate in bowl practices, and they can, for this for the first time, this is a new rule change, they can go to Miami and practice in South Florida as well at the bowl site. They just can't play in the game or anything like that but they can get on-site bowl practices under their belts as well. So this will be a lot of experience for Aaron Carter and the other guys in Tennessee's class to go ahead and uh, sort of of get their feet wet well before spring practice, and he wanted to take part in that at whichever school he ended up at. But, yeah, Tennessee certainly made a late surge, I think, over the last couple weeks. The official visit played a big role in that, and just the continued conversations with Tennessee. I think Josh Heupel really deserves individually a lot of credit for this one. Brian Jean-Marie gets the credit as, as the primary recruiter. He did a good job at this one too, but Josh Heupel personally built a really strong relationship with Arian Carter. Re- really just, I think, had some some frank discussions with him and, and made it clear what, what kind of opportunities he had at Tennessee. He made it clear he wanted to play early and, and wants to have a chance to, to compete for early playing time. 
I think Josh Heupel made it very clear what kind of opportunity he has at Tennessee. Everyone's been kind of clamoring for linebackers in Tennessee's defense, right? Mm-hmm. This is a guy that's, uh, I mean, a, a talented guy who's an early enrollee, a smart kid. You know, I mentioned earlier, Ivy League schools were interested. He wants to be a doctor um, post-football career. He he plans to go back and take pre-med uh, classes and things like that once his football playing days are over. So this is a very sharp kid. And Josh Heupel could tell that when he sat down and talked football with him. And I think that really sold him on, this is the kind of guy we got to have in our defense and uh, and made him such a big priority for Tennessee down the stretch. And they just made a really aggressive push uh, the, the final few weeks to to overtake Alabama in what really was a fierce battle down the stretch. So uh, it was kind of a gradual thing that Tennessee had to chip away at it, but they really did a good job of recruiting Arion Carter and convincing him of his opportunity at Tennessee being uh, being, being a pretty good one to come in and compete for early playing time. Yeah, I want to put a pin in that discussion on on – how what he needs to do or, or or how realistic it is that he could make an impact as a freshman. I, I definitely want to discuss that in the second segment because I think that's a that's a big talking point and it it's pretty obvious to see Tennessee needs to, you know, get better at linebacker. So so we'll discuss that in the second segment. But before we do that, I, I want to ask you one last thing about just the recruiting process. He did take his official visit to Tennessee, uh, not not this past weekend, but the one before that. Then immediately after that, he goes to Alabama. So it looks like Alabama got the last shot at him, and he still picked Tennessee. And I got to say, Ryan, that impresses me because you go down to Tuscaloosa, you know, you can get you know blinded by all those all the bling, right? Like if you look in the right light, it, that's, that stuff will blind you. How, how how much how much they've done there, how much they've won there, how much just the atmosphere is down there that's a tough place if they if they get your last crack if i'm an opposing coach and and bama gets the last crack at somebody i'm not feeling great about the situation ryan i'm just not but he went down there bama shot it shot and he still picked tennessee yeah and 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 again give tennessee a lot of credit for that i i say all the time you know getting the last visit can be important it just depends on the kind of player it is but it, it often can be overblown and this is another example of that where Getting the final visit set up really well for Alabama uh, when you looked at it weeks in advance, especially, but it didn't. It it, it didn't allow Alabama to to sort of uh, slow down the momentum Tennessee had built uh, over the the previous few days leading up to that official visit. Um, you know, I I said this that this one probably wasn't even decided by the visits. I do think the official visit to Tennessee really helped to get Tennessee back in or, or close the gap and really within striking distance uh, of Alabama after that visit. But they they still had some work to do after that. And I think the in-home visit, uh, uh, I guess, a little more than a week ago with Tim Banks and Brian Jean-Marie really is where t- where the ball kind of started moving in Tennessee's direction. I think uh, just, just sort of the conversations they had that night uh, about playing time, about what, what, what his opportunities would be at Tennessee. I, I think he really – uh, connected with Josh Heupel and, and, and Tim Banks, especially on, on, on that topic, uh, and really felt that he had some, uh, so, some, some good opportunities at Tennessee that, that he, he was sold on having a chance to do that at Alabama as well. But I think he needed to be sold on his ability to, to, to go in and, and actually have a shot at competing uh, for, for that early playing time at Tennessee. And, and so that, that conversation, that in-home visit, I think really helped to get, get things started in Tennessee's direction. And, and it kind of continued and carried on through the weekend. And then Josh Heupel had an in-home visit uh, along with Brian Jean-Marie Monday night uh, w- with Arian Carter and his family. And I think that kind of helped to seal the deal 
and and shut down any momentum Alabama might have built during that official visit. So uh, the timing of the coaching visits, always interesting this time of year. Nick Saban used his visit with Arian Carter last week going into the official visit to Alabama. Josh Heupel saved his for after the Alabama visit, knowing they weren't going to get the last chance to host him. So they wanted to get the last chance in person uh, with the head coach. And that, you know, maybe that ended up being a factor, maybe not. But either way, I don't think the visits decided this one and, and definitely – uh, worth noting for those people who who think those things are the difference maker a lot of times. That's another example that, hey, getting the last visit, not the end-all, be-all. And, and Tennessee was able to overcome that and, and beat out Alabama for a player they really wanted. That's a good point because I have always been someone who kind of thought that it's not the end-all, be-all, but I've always thought that that last visit, the, the last opportunity, is just one that if you can get, you would rather have than not have. Well, you know? and, and Definitely. And, and most schools would, would still prefer that in a lot of cases. But, uh, you know, and there are other examples of where, where that's not always the case, you know, where guys might already almost have their minds made up going into the final visit. And if you're behind, it's just hard to catch up. So definitely plenty of examples where getting the last visit, not not the uh, not, not the deciding factor for, for a lot of players. And then uh, one other thing I wanted to, to shoot down too, I, you know, I I kind of had to shoot this down multiple times on the on the <laughs> the checkerboard on GoVols twenty four seven, but there was this perception out there, rumor. I don't know where it came from that Arian Carter's dad was an Alabama fan and steering him toward Alabama. And during all the weeks that it looked like he was headed toward Alabama, there there everyone just thought there were all these external factors working against Alabama. And I had to tell people, no, that's not the case. His, his father was actually always very open to Tennessee. His, I think his parents and, and uh, both of them really were open to the idea of him staying in state. But Arian Carter did view Alabama as somewhat of a dream offer. I mean, I don't think he had Alabama stuff filling up his bedroom growing up, but he, he watched them a lot growing up and did really like them. So to your point, you know, they, they had a lot to overcome there, especially since Alabama got him there first on campus and mm-hmm. was one of his first big offers. And uh, just the fact that, that Tennessee was able to overcome, you know, that early momentum Alabama had and, and, and beat them out for a player they legitimately went after uh, for a few months and really wanted. It's it's an impressive win. This is one of the one of the better recruiting wins I think Tennessee's had. You know, Dave, David Hobbs, uh, one of the other late additions here down the stretch, another guy Alabama wanted, and, and Georgia was the other main contender in the end. Um, that was an impressive win for Tennessee. This one, every bit as impressive and maybe more so because – you were behind Alabama for a long time and were able to overcome that for a guy who was in state but didn't necessarily grow up dreaming of playing for Tennessee. I think it's really impressive. Also keeps Alabama from getting two of the top four prospects in your state in a, in a cycle, which is a good thing for Tennessee, I, I, would, mm-hmm. I would venture to say. So we got a lot more to discuss about this, but we are slightly overdue for a break. We're going to step away for just a second, pay some bills, listen to product services, in-house ads, and then come back and talk more about this big, big, big recruiting news for Tennessee on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. Money! Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. 
Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's Lifetime Membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever product, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Ryan Callahan coming to you from his home daycare center there across town talking about a big, big, big recruiting day for Tennessee. The Vols adding linebacker Arion Carter from Smyrna, Tennessee, right there uh, where the, the Army base is, right there just outside, of, uh, just outside of Nashville. A big, big, big get for Tennessee. A fast-rising linebacker prospect, a top 247 prospect, rated 190 overall in the composite, and that could maybe go up a little bit, right number three in the state in the composite. A, a really Really big win for Tennessee, beating mostly Alabama, but also Ohio State, Michigan, and others for one of the fastest rising, arguably one of the fastest rising players in the entire uh, class for the 2023 cycle. So lots and lots more to discuss about that. Obviously, we will lean on Ryan's intelligence for that. Um, but before we do that, just a quick uh, suggestion or quick request from our end, guys. If you could take about a minute out of your day right now, let's say 60 seconds, 75 seconds, 90 seconds tops, go in there and, and subscribe to this podcast and rate and review this podcast. We sure would appreciate it. If you're just listening on the website, there at GoVols247.com, there is nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely no wrong way to consume this podcast. Any way you consume it is a good way. However, what helps us out the most is if you go in there, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, Amazon, anywhere in the world you can cast a fine pod, you can find this Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We do this for free. We're happy to do it. It's a labor of love. Very few complaints from our end. But since we're doing it for free, I don't think it's too much to ask to go in there, rate, review, and especially subscribe, and tell your friends, tell people, tell your family, tell people that you see around the holidays. You know, you're having people over for for Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever, whatever it is you're celebrating, right? New Year's, whatever it is. You got people kind of sitting around the table, you're chilling there, you're in the living room. Talk to people about this podcast. You, you see people around town wearing orange. Tell them, hey man, here, here's a good here's a good GoVols twenty four seven podcast for you to listen to. You like Tennessee, you should listen to this. You know these guys know what they're talking about. Lie to them. Tell these people. Lie to them. Tell them that we know what we're talking about. Go tell them this stuff. Keep spreading the word. I can tell you these numbers month to month, guys. They are looking great, and one of the biggest reasons is you're you're subscribing, you're rating, you're viewing, and you're telling friends. That is so important. Spread the good word, old fashioned. That could be your new, the, the person you tell could be your new spouse. It could be your best friend. It could be the the owner of a huge company who gives you a job, and all of a sudden next year for Christmas, you know, you're you're having one of those commercials where you're you're putting a bow around like a Lexus for your for your wife. Shout out to Lexus who has sponsored this podcast in the past. What just whatever you're doing, keep telling people, keep telling people about this podcast. 
We love it. We love it. We love it. So if you're already doing that, thank you. We love you. And if not, I award you no points and may God have mercy on your soul. Ryan, back to business. Arion Carter, this is, uh, I want to wrap this up later by asking about Tennessee's, like the final class, what do you think about it? Yada, yada, yada. But in, in terms of what this this kid means and his ability to, in his mind, maybe step on the field and play early, he is listed at 6'1", 210. I don't know how much he's grown recently. Uh, that's not uh, a non-starter for the linebacker position. You know, you probably would like to be at least a little bit bigger. I would imagine this kid could do that. In, in terms of being a guy who did not start playing defense or linebacker till later in his high school career, linebacker he's a really smart kid but linebacker is also a tough place to learn kind of mentally and and you have to get there physically it's a challenge with all the decisions you have to make and all the the physical skills you need how realistic is it that this kid can get physically mentally where he wants to be in order to help tennessee let's say as a freshman i i think it's very realistic one thing on the on his weight now he says he weighed between 215 and 220 um, for most of his senior season. Now, I had been told that he weighed in closer to 210 during a during a visit this season. But, re- but regardless, he is – I think he's probably safely in the 215 range right now, and that's that's that puts him in the same uh, vicinity weight-wise as Tennessee's other linebacker commitments, Jalen Smith and, and Jeremiah T. Lander. So, uh, you know, as, as you kind of alluded to, that's not a that's not a deal-breaker at all these days. And, and most schools, you know, you kind of want them to – 210, 220 coming out of high school these days. You don't want guys who are, and sometimes even lighter than that. You don't want guys who are 230 too often anymore um, because you don't want you don't want anyone to lose uh, lose a step or, or be too big to play in space. And that's what um, linebackers all about these days. It's a, it's about being able to cover a lot of ground and uh, and and be able to rush the passer and do a lot of different things. So his skill set really is is going to. Uh, make him a good fit uh, with his build, everything that he has uh, physically is going to give him a chance to play early. And then you combine that with just, you know, not just his intelligence, but it's his, uh, his, his love of football. Some guys are smart, but they just, they they don't love it. They don't have the desire um, to, to put in the work off the field. Arian Carter loves football. He's a big X's and O's guy. He loves breaking down film. He loves talking football with coaches during in-home visits and Zoom calls and phone calls and all of those things. Uh, so he is he, he is the type of kid who I think is going to have every opportunity to play early. And, and maybe most importantly, he's focused on that. That's what he absolutely wants to do and it, to the point that it was a factor in his, in his college decision. He wanted to go somewhere that he thought he could play early, not just the biggest school he could go to. He wanted to, to go somewhere he could make an impact and, and, and ultimately have a chance to, to get drafted in a few years. So I, I think he is going to be focused on doing what he needs to do to, to play early. And I think he does have the, the kind of the combination of skills and, uh, and mindset to, to make it happen. On top of that, he's not just a one-year guy at linebacker. He actually played linebacker as a sophomore in high school, too. That's the interesting part about the fact that he didn't play there his junior year. I think there might have been an injury uh, his his junior year that also contributed to him only being a one-way player. But whatever the case, the fact that he played linebacker before and then moved back there this year, you know, he's, he's definitely more familiar with that position than uh, than just having that one season under his belt would, would suggest. So he is, uh, I, I think, by now uh, familiar enough at that position where he's not going to be behind, I, I wouldn't say, compared to most guys coming in there. So it's just going to be a matter of how quickly he can pick things up 
Um, so yeah, I wouldn't say he's a, a particularly raw player uh, in, in any meaningful way that's going to hold him back. And I think, you know, certainly as much as any freshman can hope to come in and compete with guys like Aaron Beasley and, you know, it, if he comes back, Jawan Mitchell, anyone like that at linebacker, I think he at the very least can put himself in the mix to be part of that rotation next year with with probably Jeremy Banks. And, and we definitely know Solon Page is gone. There, there's going to be a couple spots open and there's no reason Arian Carter can't be in the mix for one of those. Yeah, because you look at that really quickly, uh, and and it's amazing to think that Juwan Mitchell could come back for what seems like an eleventh year of college football. But but he <laughs> he can it, somehow he's the eligibility with him works out to where he has another year if he wants it. And if you're Tennessee, you're thinking, okay, yeah, we we we, we of course would be interested in that. Why wouldn't you be? Um, so you you figure Beasley and Mitchell are going to be the guys going into at least the spring. That if they're both back, then Tennessee probably doesn't assume that they're the ones, but they would go into spring camp as the ones, right? I mean, that's just kind of how it would go. And then from there, you, you've you got uh, the freshmen who are on the team this year. you got the kids coming in next year. I, I don't know that they'll definitely look to add someone from the portal, but to me, it still wouldn't be the worst idea in the world if the right guy is out there. So it, it looks like, in, in fairly short order, Tennessee's hopefully going from a situation at linebacker where you really didn't love your depth to one where – you know, next year you could really maybe not love your depth, but you could like your depth a lot more there despite losing Jeremy Banks. Yeah, and you're going to have some some healthy roster churn there. You know, I, I think sure, I think Tennessee sure. Tennessee needed to 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 get some fresh blood in there. Probably, you know, I think I think fans have uh, have kind of been 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 wanting to see some fresh faces there, and they're going to get them <laughs> finally mm-hmm. uh, after after a couple of years of seeing that that same group, you know, essentially take all the snaps. Um, and, and yeah, you've got some exciting young guys, I think, in Elijah Herring and Caleb Perry that could be certainly part of that uh, equation as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it should be a much better situation for Tennessee than I think a lot of people might assume on the surface. I, I think it's going to be fairly simple as uh, uh, in regard to the transfer portal uh, as to what Tennessee will do if Jawan Mitchell moves on. And as of right now, I think there's maybe a good chance of that happening. Um, I think Tennessee will try to go to the transfer portal essentially to replace him. And, and if Jawan Mitchell were to stay, Tennessee probably won't uh, take a transfer portal linebacker. That's that's my uh, that's my read on the situation right now, just from what I've heard, what I've uh, what I've gathered, and and, and just kind of what I think their their number situation might allow them to do. So we'll we'll see what Juwan Mitchell does. Remember, the eighty five number is the only thing that matters. So they've got room to 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 replace anyone who leaves essentially, and and, and that's not an issue. You don't have to worry about you know oh we're out of space under the twenty five limits. So uh, it's it's going to come down to just sort of a uh, one for one replacement with some of these guys who end up leaving. So if Mitchell leaves, I think there's room for another linebacker, and and Tennessee will probably look for one in the portal. But that still doesn't close the door uh, on a guy like Arian Carter being able to at least be part of a rotation, if not maybe more. You know, that's that's not to say a guy like that couldn't start over a veteran. It's just most times you're gonna you're gonna lean toward the veteran in most cases, and and that's certainly what this staff has shown over the past two years. And sometimes as a young safety, young linebacker, you got to make your way on special teams a little bit, right? You got to go out there and hit some people on special teams, and then you can you can earn your shot then. I mean, look at what Jordan Thomas has done this season on special teams. He's been a special teams demon. And if you don't think that's going to help him going into the spring and, and moving forward, maybe even for the bowl game, you're wrong because that stuff absolutely does matter. It is something that since the beginning of time is a place where young players can, can really impress coaches and give themselves a chance to work their, their way into the offense or especially the defense. Ryan, last thing I've got before I think we probably have to get out of here is uh, this class in general, you alluded to this in the first segment 
we can never make guarantees in this business, right? That's just not, we're dealing with kids. There are no guarantees with, with kids. There just aren't. Anybody who's a parent can tell you that. There's no guarantees with kids. But it looks like there's a, at least a decent chance, probably, that this could be Tennessee's uh, final uh, you know, high school slash JUCO slash prep school addition to you know the, this squad. It looks like maybe uh, some, some portal stuff could happen. Maybe somebody pops up later. We, we don't know. But in, in terms of, of numbers right now, do you think Tennessee is now officially shifting 100% to uh, portal transfer mode or – uh, is there is there a system or, or a string of things that could happen that could make them dip back into the high school JUCO pool before this is over? Yeah, de- definitely not done. I don't want to give people the, the the sense that they're you know shifting their attention entirely to the portal from this point on. They they still have some irons in the fire on the defensive line. I think one name to watch that we know is going to wait until beyond early signing day as of right now, is Tavion Gadsden, a, a defensive lineman currently committed to Florida State uh, out of Savannah, Georgia. Tennessee's been involved with him for a while. They were involved before he committed to Florida State, didn't stop recruiting him, and, and it sounds like there's an official visit being planned for next month. So he could be an option for after early signing day, and we'll see if anything else pops up this weekend. I, I don't think there will be any surprise visitors, but you never rule out anything like that um, for, for maybe a, a final weekend um, taking a big swing at a guy that that, um, that that maybe didn't look like a possibility two weeks ago or something, but they, they were able to drum up something on the on the recruiting trail down the stretch. And here, here's a final weekend visit to see if they can land him. There, there could always be something like that. But but barring that, you know, I think it's mostly going to be, you know, can they get Tavion Gadsden or another defensive lineman? I think they would like another defensive lineman if possible. Um, Elijah Davis, a junior college defensive lineman, still on the board, still in play after his official visit to Tennessee last weekend. But as we've mentioned on the checkerboard on Go Vols 24-7, as of right now, it looks more likely the balls might go another direction uh, at, at this point. But we'll, we'll see. If that, that, that always could change. Uh, the, the calculus on that could change at some point down the stretch. And maybe Elijah Davis ends up being a, a more of an option for Tennessee here late. But uh, those are two names still in play. And then, you know, it's, Tennessee's not completely – uh, stop talking with Deshaun Bishop, the former Coastal Carolina commitment at running back at, over at Carnes High School locally. So I think that's at least a name to, to continue to watch uh, down the stretch. I think there's certainly still a chance he ends up at Tennessee. So you know, there, there's still some possibilities out there, and I'm sure they will look at whoever, whoever ends up being unsigned after early signing day as well, as every school does, kind of come through there, make sure they didn't miss any guys who just looked great during their senior year. There are always some guys who kind of blow up, sometimes because they're just who's left on the market and sometimes because um, they are really good players. But I'm sure Tennessee could still end up with other options. So they're not done. But this definitely, in terms of marquee additions, this very well could be the last addition uh, to Tennessee's class. Not many big names left on the board at this point for Tennessee. And and now that they've gotten Hobbs and, and Arion Carter a couple really nice late additions to this class over the final few weeks. Yeah, because we're talking about maybe now potentially a top 10 class. I mean, Tennessee ranked around the the 10 spot going into this. This will bump Tennessee up. You know, things are, are always in play at other places, but could temporarily at least move Tennessee up to around the eighth spot. I mean, that's maybe a tiny bit better than we thought it might be even like a month ago. Am I making that up or that, that seems right to me? Yeah, no, I, and there's still – you know, I, I haven't done all the math just yet on, on what other teams still have in play that could could bump them up. But, uh, yeah, that, that is that is one of the interesting things here because teams are focusing so much on the transfer portal. 
how many more additions will we see to other teams' classes? I do think there still might be a cap on on how high Tennessee can climb. You know, it probably probably hard to envision them finishing higher than ninth unless they make uh, an addition that we're not expecting as of right now. But they are in in position to at least have a shot at a top ten class, depending on what other teams around them do down the stretch. So we'll see how that all plays out. But yeah, the fact that the transfer portal could end up being the main focus for for teams down the stretch here could give Tennessee a chance in those final team recruiting rankings, um, not including the transfers, to, to be in the top 10. And that would, that would be a pretty nice accomplishment for Tennessee. And, and what we've said for months is a very competitive year. You know, lots of teams battling for, for top 15 spots, much less top 10. And so a lot of depth to, to the team rankings this year, some really good classes. Um, the, the, the elite elite players are kind of being spread around more this year. So a top 10 finish, we, we know it's been a strong class for Tennessee, but a top 10 finish would be, uh, I think, even more of an accomplishment than it would have been, say, last year when the top five were so far separated from from you know six through 10 even with just how strong those top five classes are this year. Finishing ninth or 10th would be pretty strong. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see if they can finish there. But Tennessee's done a nice job and filled a lot of needs. And, uh, you know, again, not done yet, but e- even if they don't add much more, uh, and the linebacker group, I, I would put up there now with Arion Carter uh, as one of the better position groups in this class. I think Jalen Smith and, and Jeremiah T. Land mm-hmm. are nice players too. So they've done some good work, and especially on defense. You look at the secondary class, the linebackers, the edge rushers, that they've they've gone to work on that defense in this class. They got the five-star quarterback, Nico Iamaliava. There's a lot to like there in Tennessee is you know, again, not done, but they've done a lot of good work already and certainly had the makings of a strong, strong class that's going to help continue to to rebuild this, reshape this roster, I should say, and help them kind of continue to build on what they did this season. Yeah, because you look at the classes right now, Alabama, just to be candid, is kind of in its own planet right now. And, and then Georgia's kind of in its own little planet there in second. But then third on down, man, there's a lot of parity there. there a lot of those classes are very, very similar on paper. And Tennessee is very firmly in that group. So when you're really not that far away from being like a top five class, just percentage points, I mean, that, that's that's a, that's a hell of a year in any cycle, you know, especially in one as competitive as this one. And then that's not including anything Tennessee and others are able to do in the portal. So we will see. There's there's lots of lots of interesting things, lots of irons in the fire, so to speak. But this is a big, big day for Tennessee. This is a big win. This is a really nice close for Tennessee heading into the start of the open, uh, the early signing period. And who knows, a lot of these kids get a chance to practice for bowl stuff. So that could really help them out for getting a jump start on spring, which then gives them a jump start into, into their true freshman season. So it's a, it's a big day for Tennessee and one people should be happy about. So I think we could probably end on that note, Ryan, unless you got anything else. Yeah, no, good place to leave it. I, I, do, I will say one, one quick thing. I, I think the in-state class uh, that Tennessee has assembled it looked like it was going to be pretty thin at one point. It's not, it's not, you know, 10 deep or anything like that. But once you throw in Arion Carter to go along with, uh, with Caleb Herring, Trevor Duncan, Nathan Robinson, Aiden Bustle, you know, they, they've gotten some nice in-state players in this class. I, I think all things considered, uh, it, won't, it, it won't end up being the, the deepest in-state class they've signed for sure in recent years. But now with throwing in Arion Carter, uh, one of the truly elite players in, in this class, I think in-state, it's it's a nice in-state group and uh, and certainly a nice way to to uh, you know add one of the final pieces to this class for Tennessee. I think that now we were in a good place to end it, and I think Ryan, you just put it in an even better place to end it. So uh, before <laughs> before any of us say anything that sours this, let's just go ahead and get out of here. Thanks, man. Sounds good. Thanks, Wes.
There's that button. And now I can say thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And if you just want Tennessee news on Twitter, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals247. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals247 where we update that throughout the day, all day, every day, mostly with Tennessee news, uh, but also with news that we think Falls fans will find interesting. Uh, But if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the source, go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets for coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball. Nobody, and I mean nobody, covers Tennessee baseball the way that we do. Also, no one covers the Lady Vols that we do. The award-winning Maria Cornelius does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us all season long. You can get all of that at GoVols247.com. You've also got access there to two forums that run around the clock, got the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with us, with thousands of Tennessee fans across the world, and with us who are on the staff. Uh, and, and no one has a more uh, active board with the, the staff members than us. We are proud to be there all the time answering any question that you've got, and you get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That is all that it costs, and that's after a quick free trial. And once you pay us that reasonable rate, which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, uh, which is an excellent growing behemoth of a streaming arm there with us here at CBS, Paramount, Viacom, etc. You get every show CBS has ever made commercial-free. You get new movies. You get classic movies that rotate in every single month. Uh, You also get just tons of original content, tons of great original Paramount Plus content. And you also uh, get access to the vaults of uh, Nickelodeon, uh, Smithsonian, uh, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, something for the entire family. All of that, all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That That is so much stuff. So much stuff. That's a bunch of stuff. Less than one lunch a month. That's all that it costs. So go to GoVols247.com and do that. Take advantage of that. Tell your friends to go do that. Again, thank you for listening. You can always go subscribe to us on every content uh, item, everywhere you can get a podcast. You can get this podcast. So please go do that. Thank you for listening again. And uh, be kind to each other, guys. Just try to be kind to each other. There's just not nearly enough people in this world being kind to each other and having basic human empathy and dignity. Let's be better to each other. Let's be good. See you guys. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search... The rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meats.